This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan Insami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorj, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we will have the opportunity to listen to leading members of Congress on the importance of America's partnership with Israel on the cultural, economic, and security fronts. This past week, the International Leaders Summit in partnership with Supertalk Mississippi Media, Lancer Broadcasting, and the Menachem Begin Center in Jerusalem joined together in hosting the inaugural U.S.-Israel Leaders Summit on Capitol Hill, commemorating Israel's 75th anniversary and holding a substantive policy discussion on the future of the U.S.-Israel partnership. Here is U.S. Congressman Mike Boss from Illinois, the chairman of the U.S. House Committee on Veterans Affairs and a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps. First off, first off, let me say thank you, and it's an honor to be here with you today. You know, I've had the opportunity to support the International Leaders Summit for nearly as long as I've been in Congress, the nine years that I've been here. Um, I appreciate the work that Joel and Natasha have, are doing and all that you are doing to build a strong relationship between two steadfast allies. United States and Israel. Today we celebrate a milestone, Israel's 75th anniversary. Israel has overcome immense challenges, triumphed against all odds, and emerged as a beacon of hope and freedom in the Middle East. Time and time again, the, Israel, the Israeli people have proven their courage and commitment to defending their way of life against constant security threats. Through it all, our shared values and long partnerships have grown strong. We, are, we share a common vision of a better world. Be assured that the United States stands firmly beside you in commitment to help ensure Israel's survival and success. In recent years, we've witnessed history, such as the relocation of the American Embassy to Jerusalem, and opening of the diplomatic relations between Israel and several Arab nations with the Abraham Accords. As we look back over these last 75 years, let us keep an eye towards the future. Today, we are not just celebrating the state of Israel, but also the enduring values that bind us. It is our shared commitment to freedom, peace, and human rights. It's been a remarkable journey. As we celebrate this historic milestone, let us renew our commitment to working together to build a better future for our children and grandchildren, both in America and Israel. You know, at the end of this that is written, I'm supposed to say thank you and, and then be over. But let me tell you some things from my heart. A greater ally the United States cannot have than Israel. 
our shared commitment to peace and peace through strength has been identified in both science, military weaponry, positions um, with the UN, um, quite often having to stand together even though others want to tear us apart. For me, it is very personal for several reasons because I believe, as I said, that Israel is our closest ally. But I also believe that we are nations formed focusing on the same God. We are, um, we can base our ties together and working towards peace through strength and the groups like this working together, what we can do is ensure that both Israel and the United States survive and survive together. I thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. I hope this event goes great. I hope I will be able to make it back too a little later on in the evening. Thank you, Joe. We invite you to listen to U.S. Congressman John James from Michigan, a leading member of the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee and a former Apache fighter pilot of platoon leader in Iraq. Thank you. Shalom. Good afternoon. It is a wonderful day, and I've only been on the job for about um, six months here, and every room opens up a, a new world, Narnia. It's, I've never been in this room before, uh, even though my office is right across the street. Um, this, what a remarkable uh, tribute and what a remarkable opportunity to, uh, to, to speak with you here today. Um, it, it's, it's so cool uh, with my background in the military and, uh, and frankly, uh, the legacy of the United States to have such an important partner for 75 years in, in Israel uh, that truly understands the meaning of doing more with less. Uh, truly understands uh, the meaning of being surrounded by those who would hurt you and truly having to innovate, truly having to be creative, and truly leaning upon our Lord for sustenance and for our future. I, uh, I appreciate you inviting me here today, and I'm honored uh, to be here with you as we commemorate Israel's 75th anniversary of statehood and a robust friendship with the United States that will continue on for millennia and millennia in the future. We are blessed here in America to call Israel uh, amongst our greatest allies, and uh, I've always been and look forward to continuing to be a very vocal and unapologetic champion of Israel. But talk is cheap. That's why I've taken tangible actions to support the Israel-United States relationship building and security assistance to Israel. Last week, I led a bipartisan coalition in sending a letter to the State Department urging them to expand the Abraham Accords to our Africa policy and normalize relations between Israel and African nations. As the Africa Subcommittee Chairman, <laughs> see, I'm still talking through my pause breaks. So I'm not, not, not quite there yet. I'll get there, I promise. Um, I believe that our policy in Africa can benefit greatly uh, by extending the peace and valuable work that's been achieved through these accords. The Abraham Accords have brought historic peace in the Middle East, thanks to President Trump. And today, the work is largely bipartisan, with the accords offering a critical opportunity to strengthen our relationships, not just with African leaders, but other countries around the world. That's why I'm also a proud co-sponsor of a bill to establish Abraham Accords envoy that will work to promote peace with Israel. 
Israel must always have the right and ability to defend herself. We know that when Israel is strong, well-equipped, we can count on a strong sense of stability in the region. For this reason, I also advocated for $500 million to the Israeli missile defense programs and additional $3.3 billion in security assistance to Israel. For 75 years, Israel has defied the odds. It's become an oasis of industry, innovation, and democracy. It's an outstanding accomplishment worth celebrating. And I can only imagine what the next 75 years hold if we hold as well. It seems like Israel has been, has been pulled out, singled out for bullying from those around the world who seek its demise. And we must do everything to make sure that there is no public space between the United States of America and Israel. And I'll do everything in my power here in Congress to make sure that is the truth. So to my Israeli brothers and sisters, I will always stand with you as we continue to grow stronger together. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless America. We invite you to listen to U.S. Congressman Tim Wahlberg. He serves on the House Committee on Energy and Commerce and a member of the Congressional Israel Allies Caucus. Well, thank you. It's uh, good to be here. I wish uh, Della Goldberg, my great aunt, were alive to see me standing in front of a group that stands in support of Israel. And I appreciated coming here in time to hear some of the statements of the prior panel. Uh, I think we ought to very strongly identify with who we are and I think especially of Israel. I am a Gentile that's very self-interested. I want to make sure the Abrahamic Covenant is carried out, and I being a part of that in, uh, in blessing Israel, so I in turn will be blessed as well. I believe that's an important thing to make very clear. Della Goldberg was a Jewess that um, fled to, uh, to Sweden where she met Uncle Henry Larson, and they were married and came ultimately to the United States, and I had a chance to interact with them as a family member and have Della pat my head and that of my twin brother numerous times and saying, God love him, God love you. I believe God does love truth, and Israel is a nation of truth a nation that God has blessed and will return to their homeland where they are now and will increase that. And I think the nation of the world, the nations of the world need to understand that. This isn't just a geopolitical incident. This is reality of God's design. And if it's God's design, it must be supported and encouraged. And I believe America stands in good favor if we encourage that and stand with Israel not only pay, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but paying, praying for the clear insurgence and continuation development and bringing Israel to its homeland, understanding that for all that intends as God's design and what he created. I'm delighted to be part of the caucus. I was delighted just this past year to be able to stand on the banks of the Red Sea at the, in, in Egypt at COP27, where I was there as a delegate of, of the COP27 conference as a part of the Conservative Climate Caucus. But to look out there and remember God's history of bringing Israel from Egypt, crossing that Red Sea into the promised land, into the land that was given to them. 
And as America stands firm with Israel, God will bless us as well. So I, I, um, I challenge all my citizens to stand firmly, even as I've had opportunity to speak at University of Michigan last time with no demonstrations to the Jewish group simply because the pot festival was going on and they had more opportunity to spend time at the pot festival than to deal with things of eternal nature. And uh, so I look forward to going back and talking to students in the future as well and encourage them to stand firmly, not only because we're celebrating 75 years, but I would say that goes on beyond that. 75 years, 100 years, 400 years before that, and on beyond in the future. So I, um, I bless you by being here. It blesses me for blessing you. And in God's amazing way, he will unite Israel again that will bless the world as well. God bless you. We invite you to listen to U.S. Congressman Ronnie Jackson from Texas, a leading member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee and House Armed Services Committee. I just want to say, first off, uh, thank you for having me. As mentioned, I am the congressman from the 13th Congressional District. It's uh, Panhandle in all of North Texas. Uh, I'm just uh, really honored to be here today uh, to celebrate the 75th anniversary of uh, Israel, which uh, I think has been mentioned probably numerous times, probably by every speaker that you've had up here, but uh, one of our most important, if not our most important ally uh, here in the United States. And I truly believe that. I, um, I think that Israel's uh, safety, security, uh, and, and prosperity is directly related to the safety and the security of the United States. I try to tell people all the time, obviously, uh, as many of you may or may not know, I don't come from a, uh, a, a large, uh, my district does not have a large uh, Jewish-Israeli uh, population. Uh, there, there aren't too many uh, folks uh, uh, in that area that I represent. Uh, but, but it is probably one of the biggest pro-Israel districts in the country. And it's because the people in my district recognize that Israel's on the tip of the spear with regards to the national security of our country. And if we don't make sure that Israel's strong and healthy and they have what they need to defend themselves, then, then, then we will find ourselves in the Middle East in short order in a situation that we don't want to be in. And so I'm, I'm a big supporter of the, of the state of Israel and, and everything. Uh, I, I try to, I, I, I pitch myself when I talk to folks is one of the biggest pro-Israel hawks in all of Congress, and I believe that I am. I, uh, thank you. There's nothing that comes across my death that, desk that's pro-Israel that I don't sign and support. Uh, that's just a rule in my office, and everyone knows that. And uh, I, uh, I've, one of the things I think I'd point out, uh, just to, to, uh, to reiterate that, is uh, I'm involved right now. I know thanks to uh, Congressman Lamborn, back in 2018, we had the Taylor Force Act that was passed. And it just so happens, it's just a total coincidence, but Taylor Force uh, was born and raised in Lubbock, Texas, and I was born in Lubbock as well. That's uh, just a little bit south of my district in the not. 19th Congressional District of Texas, but uh, I, you know, uh, I know that the, the, the Taylor Force Act was passed as a result of, of his murder while he was in Israel, and uh, I um, got involved in a process a few months back, and I am personally suing the Biden administration in my personal capacity, not as a member of Congress, but in my personal capacity uh, for their inability or their unwillingness uh, to enforce the Taylor Force Act, which of course... <laughs> 
which of course, as you know, is, is a process to stop the, uh, the money uh, that's coming from the United States uh, to the Palestinian Authority and then to radical Islamic terrorists uh, that are, mar that are uh, murdering uh, Americans and in in, in Israelis and then uh, being funded and, and being given money through the Martyrs Fund that they've set up. And so uh, there's, there's, there's absolutely no excuse for a single U.S. dollar to be spent in that fa fashion. And so we're, we're working hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. But I just wanted to tell you thank you. Thank you for what you provide to the United States and for being such a wonderful ally. I know that you know some, some of you uh, have stronger ties directly to Israel than others, but uh, it's important to all of you as it is important to me. I, I was at the White House for 14 years in the, the Bush, the Obama, and the Trump administration. I've been to Israel numerous times, most recently last year as a member of Congress. Uh, I'm a sophomore now, but I went during my freshman year. I really enjoyed it as, as always. I'm going back again in August. I intend to go to Israel every opportunity that I have. Uh, in my duties, part of my duties on the Foreign Affairs Committee, I'm on uh, the subcommittee for the Middle East Counterterrorism, and so it's, it's, it's in my wheelhouse with regards to my subcommittee as well. But uh, I've always been, I've always had an interest in Israel, always uh, had a, a, a soft spot in my heart for, uh, for the, uh, the Israelis and what they do for, their, for, the, for the safety and security of our country and the relationship that we have. And I wanna make sure that I can do everything that we can to make sure that that relationship stays strong and that uh, it's in the, that we, we have, uh, that it could be in that that is in the national security interest of our country. So anything I can do uh, for you or the organizations that you represent, uh, you can always count on me. And I just uh, tell you, it's an honor to be here. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We invite you to listen to U.S. Congressman Rob Whitman from Virginia, Vice Chairman of the U.S. House Armed Services Committee, as he addressed the U.S.-Israel Leaders' Summit on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. on June 5, 2023. Well, good afternoon. Gosh, what a, what a blessing it is to be with you today. Thank you all so much for coming to Capitol Hill for this uh, International Leaders' Summit, celebrating the 75 years of Israel's uh, great contributions to not only the Middle East, but to the entire world. I appreciate the opportunity to come and share a few words with you and let you know how incredibly important the U.S.-Israel relationship is. It is critical to not only peace in the Middle East, but also peace throughout the world. We have had a history of an incredibly strong relationship. I think there's even more that we can do strategically and economically. I think the economic relationships now today are more important than ever, especially with what we see unfolding before us with the world economy, making sure we have stronger economic relationships, especially in relation to critical elements of the supply chain. We know that both countries can benefit from an even stronger economic relationship. The same on the strategic side. We see the threats that we face around the world today. They are growing stronger, and we do know that Cooperation between our countries is critically important, making sure, too, we look very carefully at being able to share technologies. Israel has been great in sharing certain uh, uh, missile technologies with the United States and vice versa to make sure that we can both protect our interests around the world, make sure that we deter our enemies. Remember, a strong defense is the greatest deterrence to somebody that would want to uh, seek harm against Israel or the United States. And also, the partnership between the two countries is also a great deterrent to anybody that may think otherwise uh, to go after either U.S. or Israel. The whole idea of integrated air and missile defense is key, especially for Israel and the threats that it faces there in the Middle East. Uh, those technologies are incredibly important. What you all have done to develop things like Iron Dome, 
uh, Aero, David Sling, all those technologies, incredibly important. In fact, many of them are parts of our systems today. Also, the technology that we share there. Doing more in the realm of integrated air and missile defense is going to be key. We see the threats that continue to emerge not just in the Middle East, but around the world. We see the technologies that are being developed by countries like China, and China being unafraid to export those technologies to others. We also see, too, the things that Russia is doing in the area of the conflict with Ukraine. And we see the transfer of technologies there. And even though it may not be something that you associated with a missile, we see drone technologies there, which, again, when we think about integrated air and missile defense, we think about manned aircraft. But we need to think very seriously about what happens in the autonomous or unmanned realm. That sharing of technology, I think, is going to be incredibly important. Things we'll be talking about uh, in the weeks to come with the National Defense Authorization Act. Again, Israel's been our staunchest ally in the region, 75 years of a relationship between our countries. That has to continue. One thing that's very exciting about what's unfolding in the region, and that is the Abraham Accords, the agreements with other nations in the area that have the same interest as Israel, that is peace and stability and a strong economic relationship. I think there's even more possibilities there for other countries to be part of that. I think people see other actors in the region as being destabilizing uh, forces in the region, things that are not in, the, in their interest, things that should attract them to being a partner with Israel, both strategically and economically. We want to make sure that we're doing things to grow that relationship, to make sure that we can do more in those areas. Uh, you are, I believe, in a perfect position to be able to grow that along with U.S. help and support. I think it's our obligation to make sure we're doing even more in those areas because we know that in relation to the threats in the region, the greatest way for us to deter those threats is to make sure that we have more people on our side than the other side. Another element, too, that's incredibly important is to make sure, too, that we continue to have the dialogue with folks not only across the United States, but also across the world about the importance, the absolute importance for everyone, everywhere, to acknowledge Israel's right to exist, period. Pretty simple and straightforward. That, that has to be part of it. You know, when we hear all this talk about a two-state solution, settlements in the West Bank, all those elements, the one common thread that runs through all of those issues is when they are mentioned, if the folks that are involved in the conversations, the Palestinian Authority, if they do not acknowledge Israel's right to exist, then the conversation has to stop. I want to make sure that we continue to push that issue because without that, without that, there will be no peace and stability in the region, and we have to stand firmly on that. That is the foundation of whatever goes forward with any agreement there in the Middle East. I want to thank each and every one of you, too, for what you do in standing with the United States. You know, a lot of it, people look at it and go to the United States that are, that's supporting Israel. I, I would argue in many instances, it's Israel's strong support of the United States that allows us to do the things that we're able to do across the world, whether it's in the technology realm, whether it's in the peace and stability realm, and even the economic realm. You know, the depth of our economic relationship is great, but there's even more opportunities there. So I appreciate what you all do. You heard a very eloquent assessment of the connection that our nations have based on our faith, the Jewish faith, the Christian faith, and what brings us together in that realm. I think that's an incredibly powerful force, too, that we need to acknowledge and build upon. 
We all know too today, unfortunately, we see the rise of anti-Semitism around the world. All of us, everyone needs to speak out whenever we see even the smallest aspect of that because we've seen historically what happens when you don't speak out. And the little things that we see starting to creep up in certain areas, not just around the world, but here in the United States, should be a very sobering event for folks to look at and make sure that we speak out. So you can be assured that we will be strong in our, in our, in our pushback against any form of anti-Semitism, a true proponent of a strong U.S.-Israel relationship and assuring that the foundation of all efforts going forward in Israel's efforts in the Middle East is built upon the foundation of Israel's right to exist, period. So folks, thanks again. We look forward to, to another 75 years of a great relationship, an even stronger relationship economically and strategically. Thank you for coming to Washington for this International Leaders Summit, for having the discussions with policymakers here about the things that we can do to continue to grow this great relationship between the United States and Israel. And I wish each of you God's continued blessings. Thank you. We invite you to listen to U.S. Congressman Doug Lamborn from Colorado, member of House Armed Services Committee and co-chair of the Congressional Israel Allies Caucus. Well, thanks for pausing for a few minutes. We just got done voting. I hurried right over here so I could just make a few brief remarks in honor of this important occasion. So thank you to the leaders of the International Leaders Summit for putting on a fantastic and educational celebration of Israel. The past few years have marked a shift in global opinion of Israel. The relationship between the U.S. and Israel has only grown deeper and more significant over the years. I anticipate that it will continue to flourish long into the future. As chairman of the House Armed Services Strategic Forces Subcommittee, I have personally led efforts to forge our country's common defense. I led targeted initiatives to form partnerships between the, our two countries which strengthen Iron Dome and missile defense, bolster Iron Beam, which is an up-and-coming weapon, uh, a defensive weapon, and directed energy, and introduced tunnel detection and defeat funding. I led other opportunities for partnership in advanced technologies such as quantum, artificial intelligence, and military space. I have a provision in the National Defense Authorization Act, which we're going to have our markup in about 10 days, that if successful, we'll invest $50 million a year in U.S. and Israel joint and cutting-edge defense technologies. I've also applauded and supported efforts to foster bilateral relationships between Israel and its neighbors through the Abraham Accords, but there's more work to be done. Israel has engaged in good faith efforts to form partnerships with other nations and the international community. However, inherent bias against this Jewish state persists at the highest levels of many governments and even international organizations. I will continue to speak out against intolerance and bias against Israel in all forms and forums. And I'll work with Israel's allies in Congress to push back on those who try to institutionalize hatred against this, uh, our cherished ally and partner. I know firsthand that challenges to Israel persist despite our efforts to knock them down. I was happy to introduce the Taylor Force Act along with Representative Lee Zeldin. <laughs> which became, passed and became law several years ago. 
This bill prohibits the use of funding to benefit the, the Palestinian Authority until the State Department determines that the PA, the PLO, and any other affiliated organizations are taking steps to end so-called martyr payments. And if you don't know what those are, it's horrific. You are paid after a terrorist attack, or your family if you die in that attack by committing terrorism, and you're pay you get more of a payment the more Jews you kill. It's horrible. Um, but unfortunately, uh, this is not being robustly enforced. Terrorist organizations have discovered loopholes that allow them to continue making martyr payments despite the passage of that law which is supposed to prevent this. So I have a follow-up bill that I have introduced, the Taylor Force Martyr Payment Prevention Act that prohibits financial institutions from conducting business with groups that directly or indirectly finance martyr payments. And if you're isolated from the US World Banking System, that's a big penalty. So I have, hope to have your support as we push this bill forward, and uh, we have to discourage the kind of violence that these terror acts, terrorist acts um, uh, cause. And finally, I'd like to close by addressing the recently released U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. I applaud the administration for undertaking this effort and addressing hatred against the Jewish people. However, I'm dismayed that the strategy does not include the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism, which includes prejudice against Israel as a form of anti-Semitism. While the strategy does consider hatred of this type, it purposefully avoids this working definition, even though it is currently used by the US government. The people of Israel don't need half measures, they need uncompromising full measures. So until they see that support clearly and unwaveringly, I'm gonna to continue to use my position to speak out and push for that kind of support. So. Uh, I've been honored to visit Israel eight times. I'm going there again later this month. So I haven't lost track yet. That'll be number nine. Uh, the holy sites in Israel are cherished by people of many faiths across the world and support of that state uh, over the state that supports and has sovereignty of these holy sites is fundamental for the entire world. So with that, thank you. And it's great to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Israel. Thank you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladensami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorj, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com, americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.